The beginning of this gospel is sort of some strange wording. It's important to remember sort of the historical context of what's going on. Remember that um, the area was occupied. It was part of the Roman Empire. And the Romans would have governors installed in different regions of their empire. And Pontius Pilate was, was the one who was in charge of Judea and the, and the surrounding regions. And he, at times, would use quite a bit of force and even violence to subdue the people. And so when we hear the words at the beginning, people came to Jesus and told him about those Galileans who Pilate had mixed their blood with their sacrifices. Apparently it's referring to, they went up to the temple area, they were offering sacrifice, of course, that's what you did in the temple. And for some reason or other, Pilate had them executed. And so the question to Jesus is, were they worse than everyone else? Is that why they were executed? Is that why they were given this kind of death? God decided that they would have this kind of violent death. They must have been worse than us, right? And then he says, by no means. And then Jesus himself brings up another incident where a tower had fallen on people and killed them. And he said, the same deal. They're not worse than any of you. You know, they, they didn't do something wrong such that they deserved an early death or a tragic death or punishment. Now, what's at play here is the same sort of rumination that we all have or the questions that we all have to God or of God when tragedy strikes our family or our friends. And sometimes the, the tragedy is because of a misuse of free will, right? So it's evil done by somebody else, or it's evil that's done just because of nature, something we would call natural evil, or just tragedy that occurs, a tower. And if people are going to build towers, sometimes they're going to fall, right? If people are going to build things, sometimes there's going to be tragedy. Sometimes there's just tragedy in nature. And oftentimes there is evil that's done because of the misuse of free will. What is God's role? What is his part in it? If, it, if we suffer from that, does it mean we did something wrong? Is he punishing us? And Jesus is basically saying, it really has nothing to do with God. So, of course, we want to find some sort of divine meaning because it helps us, but often there isn't any. And this is kind of what Jesus, it's pretty much what Jesus is saying. That, you know, things happen, bad things happen all the time. To say that God is punishing you, no. God isn't going to punish you because of these random things but he might punish you if you don't repent. And that's the Lord's focus for today. That changing that has to occur within us at the very core of ourselves. That's what he's concerned about. Are we trying to change? Are we trying to follow him you know, more ardently? Where is our heart? Not just our affectation, oh, I love God, you know, but I don't wanna get out of bed. If we love, we have to show it, not just feel it. When we first moved uh, here from Wisconsin, 
We lived in Tempe for two years, and then we moved down to Chandler. And I remember we were very excited because at the house in Chandler, we had an orange tree in the yard. And we thought, oh, it's amazing. Like in Wisconsin, like all you have is like cheese and brats. You have brat trees and beer. It's a great place if you don't care about your arteries. And uh, so we had, we had this orange tree in the front yard. Awesome. So, you know, we're waiting and the oranges are getting orange. And uh, are they ready yet? Are they ready? Now they're ready. They're ready. So we take the orange, we harvest the oranges, take bite into them. Eh. It was one of those fake orange trees that apparently you Arizonans have out here that are meant to dupe the people from, you know, the Midwest. The, the orange tree that tastes horrible. I don't know if it was one of those orange trees, lemon orange trees or one of the, I don't know. I don't know the crazy things you do with citrus out here. But anyway, it was horrible. It was good for nothing. It mocked us every year as it built up our expectation for the oranges and they were awful every year. I hated that tree. I had to trim the tree with my dad and cut down the limbs. I'm like, why is this tree here? It's good for nothing. And I think we finally cut it down, killed it, and burnt it, which is what it justly deserved. We put it in the fireplace, gone, and we mocked it as it burnt. I might be exaggerating, but what good was the tree for? It was just taking up space. We had to water the stupid tree. It was doing nothing. It was on the side of the yard. The shade didn't matter. And the fruit was good for nothing. It was just taking up space. In a sense, it deserved to be cut down and burned. Now, the Lord uses a very similar example, a parable, where he talks about this fig tree that's not even producing any fruit, just growing, just growing no fruit. Good for nothing. Like the whole point of having a fig tree is to get figs, right? This isn't even producing any figs. And so the landowner in the parable is saying, cut it down, just cut it down, move on. And the person taking care of the, of the tree, Jesus, says to the landowner, the father, give me a little more time. Let me take care of it and tend it and water it, give it grace, perhaps, it may grow and bear fruit. But if it doesn't, then you can cut it down. So what the Lord is trying to do for us, what Jesus Christ is trying to do for us is he's trying to give us his grace every day so that we might bear more fruit. It's not that Jesus isn't giving us enough. That would not be the reason why we are not bearing fruit. It's because we willingly are resisting what he's offering. And Lent is a really good time for us to reflect on, you know, am I bearing fruit in my life? Am I bearing enough fruit? Or am I just sort of sleepwalking through life? I'm busy about other things. I'm busy about work or I'm busy about, you know, even family to the neglect of my relationship with God. In the end, it will be you and Jesus in the end. And that end could come, second reading, that end could come today. And it's going to be me 
face to face with Jesus. Did I bear fruit or not? This is the warning he's giving us. This is the expectation he has. And you might say, well, gosh, you know, Father, you talk about God's mercy and his willingness to forgive us so much. Yes, but it necessitates repentance, a turning around toward him. He can't force it. He can't make us accept him. He wants to give us everything. It's not he who is denying us his goodness. It's we ourselves who are not giving him access. And so Lent, you know, the purple, the sad songs, the misery of having to wear the Minnesota Vikings colors. I've been developing a rash. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) You know, but the whole point of, of Lent and Advent is for us to recalibrate and say, you know what, what, what in my life is not bearing fruit? If my marriage is not bearing fruit, what needs to change? Well, it's obviously your husband, right? <laughs> you can't change your husband, but what can you change? Yourself. You can't change your wife, but you can change yourself. You know, you can, if you're a teenager, if you're a young person, you look at the relationship you have with your parents and you might say, yeah, it's not great. Why is it not bearing fruit? What can you do? Well, Father, you don't understand my parents. I probably do. I probably do. And I probably understand you too. We've all been teenagers and it's tough. But what can you do to change that relationship? What can you do to bring more fruit from that relationship? That's all you can control. Or friendships or you know, work. And particularly our relationship with God. We all truly desire to be closer to God. And that means, you know, coming to Mass every Sunday. Every Sunday? Yeah, why? Because Father John said so? No, the third commandment. God is pretty clear about what he wants. He wants you for about an hour. Last Mass was 50 minutes. And we bribe you with donuts. So, I mean, it's a win-win. But God is asking for really, if you think about it, I mean, he's asking for all, But in this life, he's just asking us to kind of get in the game, to to just start turning our life around, to give him an hour on Sunday, to give him a little bit of time during the week, to work on that relationship, to nurture it as he's trying to nurture us. And the payoff is worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Not only does it I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I, I my family growing up, we were kind of the up and down with mass attendance people. But we always really felt pretty good about having gone to Mass. Wow, that it, it's like it's filling a part of us that needs that place filled, you know, that spiritual place. Exactly. The reason why the Lord instituted the Sabbath was for us, because we need it. We need to remember who we are in our relationship with God that we are his creation, that he is our Lord, he is our savior, he is the source of all life. It's so good that you are here today. It's so good that you are here today to hear the Lord's word, to receive his Eucharist. And I pray that you continue, continue to grow in that relationship with Jesus so that in your life, more fruit will be born. Please stand.